Everybody to the Friday Night Lights podcast. The uh, the show itself is over with, but we still have a handful of things that we can talk about, and probably we'll talk about for another episode or two beyond this. But uh, today we have back with us, Russ. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. I'm glad to be back. And uh, as always, Lyle is coming from South Carolina. Hey, what's going on? And uh, Russ was able to eat a lot of Italian food over in another continent, which does not have Italy in it at all, but um glad everybody's back with us and um Russ you were able to catch up on what three episodes in a row all in one day as you finished up Friday yeah, nights. Yeah, I got home and the disclaimer about the Italian food is that NPR actually said that the second best place behind Italy to get Italian food is Ethiopia. Because apparently the Italians tried to invade twice um and never were successful. But that that's kind of that's background to your comment about Italian food. Because I thought the listeners might not, might not get that. That's because NPR oh. never went to Fiori's in Grenada, Mississippi. <laughs> was that top notch? It really was. Um, Close now. It was excellent. But it's been a while since yeah. I've seen back to back to back episodes of Friday Night Lights, and that's how you finished up the entire series when you came back. Just watched it all in one day, correct? Yeah, I watched the final three, but actually. Season one was on on one of uh, that the room I stayed in had a satellite, but it only had nine American channels, and one of them showed Friday Night Lights constantly. So I saw uh, Mud Bowl, and then I saw one of the episodes where they um the the, the episode where they had like the I don't know if you remember this in the first season, but they had a roast of like the whole team. Um, but that was like that was one of the most American things that I did was watch Friday Night Lights. It felt like home. You know, as the uh, as the whole series wrapped up, we were talking about things in the middle of this fifth season that were um, just seemed kind of out of place and disjointed. And what, where were they going to go with it? One, and one of the characters we didn't even mention the last two weeks, Lyle, was Epic. And I was watching. We'll get into that in a little while. Well, I was going to say I was watching Breaking Bad uh, earlier this week. And it's like the second or third to last episode of the whole season. And there is the the girl that plays epic in breaking bad hanging out i guess in new mexico is where that's all set but um i was like oh i forgot about her whatever happened to her uh, her and mara i don't know it's they funny how the people p- people gravitate uh, toward good shows like i've never seen breaking bad but i know it's like hugely critically acclaimed and everything and so was Friday Night Lights. and uh like herc was in lost uh-huh. And every once in a while, somebody else, Tim uh, Riggins' dad, Riggins' dad was in Lost, and Saracen's mom. A lot of, yeah. You know, she was uh, one of Sawyer's ladies for a while there, wasn't she? Yes, she was the yeah, one who um, the con. Yeah, she's the one who went around and helped Kate get in and talk to her mom. Uh huh. I don't know if you remember that or not. That show's over. Her name is That's, Shelby. It's dead to me now, as much as I loved it. Lost. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. She, anyway, but Epic showed up, and I'm like, holy cow, there she is. Of course, I think she was in Breaking Bad prior to Lost. But then again, I was like... Is she on Breaking Bad? Is she, uh, she had been. And she okay, was in, in a, well, at least her character is basically the same. And she was in a recovery 
place. And uh, anyway, watch. I don't want to ruin Breaking Bad for you, season two, but it's uh, it's a great show. It's dark, but it's good. Hey, you, speaking go of speaking of uh, shows that are not good, um, something else that came on all the time when I was in Ethiopia is CSI Miami, and I've never actually seen that show. It's so epic. What's that? It's, it is so epic. No, no pun intended, but it's so bad. It's good, or so horrible, cheesy. Okay, so like the whole Caruso thing, where he has those horrible lines, is that like I can't tell if they're like self-aware or not? Because I mean, it, 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 you have seen it, like where he every single line, he like stops and makes some cheesy line and puts sunglasses on, yep. and he's like. Looks like she's. You've, you've never seen that YouTube right. that YouTube compilation of all those lines in a row. No, it's so I, it's so stupid, but good, but it's funny to watch. I, every time he said something, I found it hilarious. But it's but it, it happened all the time. It happened every single episode, and I, I don't know if they're like, I don't know if they're trying to be like funny because obviously I don't know. It was it was very odd because it it was. It never seemed like it seemed like they were trying to be serious the whole time. Like that was part of his character. You need to search YouTube know. for CSI Miami one liners. And it's got like a ratio cane. It's got over I'll five million that. views. That's funny. Um but anyway. But today we were going to jump into uh I guess our unofficial awards show. Lyle put together a handful of categories for us to look back over the previous um, episodes of Friday Night Lights and uh, he'll most absurd or best this or worst that. Um, but before we jump into that, uh, behind we joked around about it, but you guys have any ideas for for a podcast or, or a TV show to maybe jump into to talk about after uh, after Friday Night Lights? The lights are falling down completely for us. Uh, no. I don't, yeah, I don't know of anything that like. There's nothing to watch right now that I'd love that I'd love to talk about at length. I won't watch anything but basketball probably for the next couple of months. I had a lot of people tell me about this TV show Justified on FX that said it's really good. I may jump it, try that out and see how good it is. Oh, uh, that is good. I've seen like the first three or four. It has a uh, it has a uh, Lyle's boy, uh, Walton Goggins, who played Shane. Love in the that Shield. guy. That guy's Love in the it. Shield. He's a uh, he's pretty he's pretty funny um, in that show. He plays this like. Kind of smart redneck. He's one of the main characters. I've seen like the first three or four episodes. It's pretty good. I to me, Walton Coggins will always be the kid who went blind from drinking bad moonshine on In the Heat of the Night, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, we uh, we defer to you and uh, jump into your categories there. Okay, I just kind of compiled these from memory. I didn't really go back and watch any of the old episodes or anything, so there's probably some stuff I'm forgetting. Is just how I was killing time at work over a span of a couple of days. <laughs> so, uh, well, I guess we'll call these the buddies, uh, the buddy award. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> maybe we can call them something else, but this will cover the, the length of, uh, every season. So and there's no rhyme or reason to these categories, but, uh, y'all can talk about them and everything. Uh, okay. The first buddy is for best uniform and the nominees are the Dillon Panthers, the East Dillon Lions, Lila Garrity's cheerleader uniform, Tammy Taylor's dress and boots, and Matt Saracen's Alamo Freeze uniform. Yeah, Saracen and uh, 
and uh, Smash both wore those uniforms. Yeah, but I always think of Saracen more as the Alamo Freeze guy. He loved it so much that he proposed there. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised. Uh, you, I'm surprised you didn't put in the uh, the East Dillon Lions uh, cheerleaders from their first season, from season four. <laughs> you see, there you go. That's why we're discussing this because I would have put that in there had I remembered, <laughs> and I would have voted for that because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> um, are the East Dillon uniforms? Are we going with the original uniforms that they burned, or are we going with the remake Nebraska Alabama hybrid? Oh, I can. Uh, Tammy Taylor's dress and boots is the best uniform. See, I have to go with Garrity. I'm going with Garrity too. Speaking of Garrity on good shows, uh, she is on. Uh, came back to um, Parenthood this past week, and uh, I guess I was thinking Parenthood and probably that movie that where she's like got some psycho roommate was probably why she didn't appear in these final few episodes. You know, there's been some speculation that that role that Tyra Field was actually written for uh, Lila, but then uh, Mika Kelly couldn't make it back because of her conflict with her schedule, so they wrote Tyra into that. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that even makes sense. But um, but it makes more sense to me because it seems more likely that Lila would be like, oh, I have plans. Yeah, I agree. Sort of thing. I thought the same thing. But I'm going to go with Garrity's uniform with that and probably for your same reasons, Lyle. Oh well, yeah, they're wow. classic-looking uh, cheerleader uniforms. It's all about fashion. It's the um, blue. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with Lala. Um, all right, next category. Next, so the buddy will go to Lala Garrity's cheerleader uniform. Um, next category is uh, best use of a song in a scene. And I'll probably forget some. These are just the ones that uh, jumped right out, out of me. The first one, and I've talked about it a lot, uh, Tim Riggins uh, staring off into space. And Matt and Saracen leaving town to Bob Dylan's Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one uh, is Devil Town. There's, I actually did look this up. There's three different times they played Devil Town. Mm-hmm. When they were, had some kind of baked goods raffle type fundraiser thing, and they played it at the Victory Parade after they won the first state title, and uh, when they were making the big decision over which program got to uh, keep in operation. The second last, uh, yeah. Th- yeah. Third nominee's Come Thou Fount by Sufjan Stevens when Coach was coaching his first game with the Lions and he forfeited. Uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead during the very final montage when Coach is in Philadelphia and all that stuff. And uh, When a Man Loves a Woman when everybody's dancing at the Riggins wedding. (laughs) What did I forget? Uh, I will will say that, um, I mean, this – I don't know if this counts, but remember me as a time of day by explosions in the sky during um, at the very end of the pilot coach's speech where he talks about how you know we will all fall. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to coach's speech later too. I didn't really put anything by explosions on the sky in there just because that was like su- such a constant. You, you, like you, I That's really right. couldn't pick out an explosions in the sky song because that was like the score to every episode. Mm-hmm. I would put uh, Driveway in Great Northern in, which was when uh, Saracen was burying his dad. He was, you know, throwing the dirt on the casket. See, I also didn't, I didn't, for no, any of these, I didn't put anything about that episode because that was so overwhelmingly, we would say that was the best episode they ever did. Probably so. I'm almost sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't you think? So I didn't even do that. There's so yeah. many great scenes from that episode. I mean, it would, I just think it would win in a landslide every time. Well, based um, based on the I, ones that you nominate, go ahead, Russ. I, my vote is for Devil Town, just because that's mine is good. good. 
song that uh, goes into that. Um, that goes into the theme of the town and the show. It'd probably be between Devil Town and then the uh, the Dylan song as he left. Again, um, that was a they wrapped up two sort of characters right there as they as they headed out. I'm going with Devil Town because only twice have I immediately had to download the song and put it on my iPod after I saw an episode. And Devil Town was one of those songs. That and the uh, you didn't download to come that found. I, I already had that. Okay, because that was that, that was, was already a- on my iPod. I love that version. And it really fit with the way he, I mean, he's walking off the field, and it's got that shot of him from below. Right. I believe, and he just looks distraught. And, and he comes into the uh, locker room and has to tell him. I also downloaded Before the Devil Knows You're Dead by Delta Spirit after the last episode. But I think that, I like that song, but it might have more to do with just the final. It was just used so well, you know. I want to know what song it was that was playing after Landry killed the guy, and he and uh, Lila, excuse me, he and Tyra are crying. And they're holding each other. Uh, that never happened, so I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah, right. I don't, I don't know what about. <laughs> sorry, I don't sorry. I believe there's a reference to any of that on any of this either because it never happened, so I can't talk about it. I was thinking about this this morning in, in preparation or just knowing we're going to be talking about this, especially once the move to East Dillon. There was not really any or hardly hip-hop, which you think you would have expected, just being in the football culture there, on uh, on Friday Night Lights. I mean, I know they're in Texas, and I know that there's a lot of indie and, and country music influences there. But w- would you have not expected a little more hip-hop? Yes, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it, but you're right. I mean, I live, in, a- I live in Mississippi, and I go to football games every Friday night almost during the, during the fall. And uh, – that's all they play almost is is hip hop at at the football games, and the, most of these are you know not urban kids by any means. They played a lot more when it was centered around the Panthers. I remember they played DMX, and a lot of the football montages were set to hip hop in the early days. And you and that was you know when they moved over to the uh, east side of town, that was supposedly more urban, more uh, almost ghetto to some degree. That they kind of they really played that up at least in season four. Yeah, it was much safer the the, second, the fifth season. Did you notice that? Uh-huh. There was none of that Carroll Park, people getting gunned down, all that kind of stuff. It just kind of went away. After Calvin Brown got killed. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they shut down the chop shop. And yeah, I guess after Kennard got, you know, what was coming to him by his, uh, what's his name's dad, Vince's dad this season. Um. Okay, next one. The buddy for hookup that nobody cared about. <laughs> The nominees are Tyra and the Traveling Salesman, Tyra and Cash the Cowboy, yeah. Julie and the Swede, Saracen and Carlotta, Street and his baby mama, and Lila and the Christian. Tucker Max. Oh, wow. This is a loaded category. That nobody cared really, about? And I left I left out uh, Julie and the Habitat guy because it was so loaded. I couldn't even put her in there, but I did not care about that either. What about Julie and the uh, – <laughs> Uh, the, the TA. Yeah, I didn't care, but the category was so loaded that I think I cared less about Julian the Swede or Lila and the Christian or Tyra and Cash the Cowboy. I'm going to go with the Traveling there was Salesman. There's plenty that I didn't care about at all, though. <laughs> I think I may have to go wow. with the Traveling Salesman in the first season. I think that was just trying to set um, up her character as being like this, you know, rebellious. Uh, there's a lot of negative terms I could throw out there right now, but anyway, this rebellious young girl who uh, who really didn't care much about anything. Okay, you 
I, I really think that Carlotta is the answer for for mine. I hated the sweet too. Well, actually, I don't. You're right. I don't care about any of these things. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> as soon as that storyline was over, I was like, nah. Rating level of apathy is very hard to do, um, but I would probably say Carlotta. Um, yeah. Well, I can't vote for the Swede just because I, I did think it was funny, at least, that they always called him the Swede, and they never said. So I got a little chuckle out of that every time, but I guess I'll go with Carlotta, too. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't really care. The traveling salesman and Carlotta is kind of like a tie for me. See, I, I didn't care about any of that. It, the Carlotta one, though, seemed the most uh... – I guess unlikely because here is Saracen who at this point in the, in the, I guess the arc of the whole story still had zero confidence, even though he'd won state championship, you know, a few months before. And here he is hooking up with, you know, some hot, you know, nurse out of, out of, you know, Guatemala and everything that was always just clean and helping out around the house. And it, it just seemed like that was not likely at all. Yeah. Well, um, that we is, might uh, have to split the buddy on that one. Well, yeah, it was two to one. It was oh, Carlotta. Okay. Well, I can go either way. Uh, okay, uh, the buddy for best song sung by a cast member. The nominees are "She Don't Use Jelly" by Devin the Lesbian Basis, <laughs> La, La Cucaracha <laughs> slash "I'm Gonna Walk Up" by Jason Street, which he's in Mexico. You remember that? Yeah, on the boat. I'm going to yeah. walk up. I'm going to walk up. He's in the bar singing that. Um, the Freestyle Rap by Smash at the Pep Rally. Or Every Song by Crucifictorious. <laughs> um, Crucifictorious. I, um, I, I love my favorite thing about Crucifictorious, by the way, is when uh, Landry is trying to get. Um, Tyra to ride with him to the state title game, and and he's talking to Matt about it, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna ride together, and we're gonna put on some sexy Christmas Victorious." <laughs> I love how I called his own band sexy. He's You're a right. Oh, that guy. puts Christmas Victorious over the edge for me on the buddy. I think I have I to have look to towards with, Smash. I have to lean towards Smash too. Okay, well, the realism factor to me. I think this but, okay. The buddy goes to smash his freestyle route in season one. <laughs> I, th- I think just his character was all brash and arrogance, but with the twinge of you, you still like the guy, even though he came across that way. Um, and that just that just you know again just epitomized the the emotions that were going into that that first season, especially you know, and they probably finished the first season right there, still not realizing if they were going to get renewed for another season or not, and so they're putting it all out there in the front end. Well, he loved his mama. Yeah. That goes a long way toward making you like anybody. And his mama loved him, and his mama wasn't afraid to knock heads with him. You know, I wish some, yeah. we had some more Mama Smash at the end of the year. I love Mama Smash. I do too. Uh, I think great. I think I miss I miss Mama Smash more than I miss actual Smash, and I like Smash a lot. Hmm. Well, my favorite thing about Smash's character was uh, his relationship with his mom. Yeah, but then again, she was the one that wouldn't let him quit either. Remember when he yeah. was wanting to give it all up after he'd hurt his leg and blah blah blah. She, she was, was one of the few good parents on the whole show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, Her and Joe oh, McCoy. Man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, 
uh, y- y'all have to help me out on this because I really didn't go that deep into it because I know we'll probably all, all have different uh, favorites or whatever. But uh, the buddy for best speech, the nominees are the prayer slash speech after Street's injury. We talked about this when, when coach, right. coach pulled all, we will be tested to our very souls. Uh, Billy Riggins addressed to the team when Coach Taylor is late uh, in season five, and Landry's giving tree speech to Tyra. <laughs> I, I, I really um, like the giving tree speech. I really, really do. But I'm not sure yeah, if it too. takes it over the top. I do too. Uh, there is one speech that you're forgetting about when. Um, oh, there's plenty I'm forgetting, I'm sure. Yeah, when Coach pulls Smash to the side when he's got a tryout. Uh huh. And he's oh, I got like, that in the next. Your... I got that in the next category. Uh, okay. I got that under a different heading. If, if uh, okay. I didn't count, I didn't count if Coach was just talking to anybody one on one. You think a speech is like there's an audience? I have weird divisions in my head. Yeah, th- you think that these were uh, made arbitrarily? <laughs> these uh, categories, <laughs> these are not decided on not an official academy. No. Uh, uh, we we should have actually uh, put out to Twitter and let uh, you know the tens and tens of people who listen to this vote. We need to put out the Twitter. We'll make up a, a, a some categories. I mean, we could do a second. We could do another podcast where everybody where we discuss everybody else's choices. We'll have to ramp up oh, our budget yeah. for doing the other one. Yeah, I'm not doing it for free. <laughs> We're already talking about a lockout after this year for the podcast crew. I, I like. Uh, I'm going with the giving tree speech out of those. Three. He did have another good speech to Tyra at the end of the first season. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If um, this, I, well, Lyle, if you're not allowing uh, Coach to speak just to Smash, why is, why is Landry able to speak just to Tyra in this category? Because I had to put that in somewhere because, because Landry is awesome. And that speech is <laughs> awesome. That speech is one of the, the crown jewels of the whole series to me. I can agree with that. So I had to put it up somewhere. I still I still go back to uh, the Coach's speech at the very beginning after after – Streets injury. That was a good one. Plus, uh, the reason I guess I put throw Landry's in there as a speech, even though it was a one-on-one thing, is because it, obviously it was planned out and written like a speech by him. You don't just come up with that crap off the spur of the moment. He was thinking about that beforehand. Yeah. Oh, he Whereas was thinking about it in bed, in the shower, I, while he's driving around. Yeah, the speech, uh, coach's speeches usually seem off the cuff. Yeah. Right. Like he he wouldn't have had to make that speech to Smash if Smash had gone out there and dominated from the beginning. So it wasn't something he planned out, you know. He had yeah. to adjust. I hear you. Um, the, the, some, of that, some of that stuff we were just talking about is in the next category, by the way. I've got it under uh, – so, okay, so the, the buddy goes to Landry's giving tree speech, by the way. Uh, the next what? category is best motivational ploy. Okay. Motivational what? Motivational ploy, ploy. by coach. Number one. Making the Panthers run sprints in the rain. That was during season one. Remember, and they, they couldn't stop until finally, I think it was Riggins yelled, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Is that when they had to run the ditch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're, you're number put the two. Toilet. Go ahead, put the toilet out there. That's in there. That's in there. We'll, we'll go ahead and make that number two. Leaving the toilet bowl on the field, because I am convinced that that was Coach that did that <laughs> during, during rivalry week. It worked. It was never – it was never – said but i just kind of think he did it um mm-hmm. number three taking saracen to the field alone at night after he becomes qb1 mm-hmm. you remember that i do that's yeah. the finished up of episode two wasn't it yes i love that yeah. okay 
Number four is the pep talk to smash at his Texas A&M walk-on tryout. Uh-huh. Number five, writing state on the whiteboard and turn around and walking out of the locker room. And number six, bringing the whiteboard on road trips in the playoffs. <laughs> so do you think Buddy hired? Uh, do you think Buddy hired JD McCoy to come do donuts and rip up their field last season? <laughs> That's motivation. I, 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 I don't know. I just have always pictured Coach doing that. I don't know why. Because that's so almost those are, the, those are my nominees for best motivational ploy. Maybe y'all can think of a different one. I don't know. Because isn't that almost the same lines of somebody going and poisoning the trees at Tumor's Corner? <laughs> I don't know if that's quite a big a deal. Okay. Did you know that, you know that our children are named Crimson and Bear? Bear, yeah. Yeah, Bear and Crimson. What a guy. Good God. <laughs> Have you heard the call yet? Colin Cowherd wanted to call it a fine bomb. Yeah, have you heard the the call that he made to fine bomb and tell people? No, my brother pretty did. much gave me the play by play of it though. It's pretty great. Uh, Colin Cowherd played it on his show too. Um. Anyway, uh, that is a loaded category. There's there are there six of them. Is uh, six of them? Yes. Well, uh, the, two the, suits, whiteboards. In the rain, taking Saracen to the field alone after he becomes QB one, leaving the toilet bowl on the field. The pep talk to smash mm-hmm. at the walk on trout, writing state on the whiteboard, and then bringing the whiteboard on the bus so they can erase the number every week. Yeah, I, um, for me, it's a tie between. Uh, wow, gosh, that's hard. It's hard to pick. Um, I really like his uh, little speech to smash, but I love when he wrote state at the at the end of that at, at the beginning of that game. Maybe may be my favorite thing. I'm going to go state. Uh, that's a dark course, but I'm going to go state. I'm going with uh, Saracen on the field. Yeah, I like that too. I, I really don't have any beef with a lot of those. But again, I'm go- yeah. again, I think it's because it was so early on, and I think mm-hmm. it was just setting the uh, kind of the feel and the atmosphere for the whole show. And it, it was showing me, me at least the type of coach he was and the type of developer of, you know, maker of men, the kingmaker, I guess, that he was. And so I think with it being early on, it kind of set the atmosphere and the direction for the rest of the series. Uh, this was hard for me. The, the ones where I can immediately think of all these things were the ones that are making it hard for me to decide. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to sit and like really think really hard. About, I was just like, oh yeah, when he did this, oh and then he did that, and then he did that, and it all just came pouring out. I don't know. I like them all. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go with Saracen on the field too. Just because it was can, I, for the same reason, that. not because the not because that scene was that great, but because it was so early on in the series, it didn't really, like Blake said, it established where they were going and all that kind of stuff, and how mm-hmm. the coach was going to be heart of the whole show and all that kind of stuff. Because when that when so, when he asked Saracen, I got one question for you: Were your eyes open or closed? And he goes, "They were open, coach." You know, because remember that was what everybody said that he you know he came in, Saracen came into that game and threw a a touchdown to win the game where Street got hurt. But everybody on the radio was saying that he closed his eyes and just threw it, and he was lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I could go with any of those. We'll give it to, we'll give yeah. it to Coach and Saracen in episode two. Uh, okay, next that. category. Next category is coolest scene. <laughs> just coolest. <laughs> Again, very arbitrary. <laughs> All right, number one. Uh, the lines hanging around talking while coach listens at Kingdom uh-huh. when they're in the hotel. Uh, number two, Riggins leaving his shoes on the field. Number three, and 
coach playing pickup football with the kids in the projects. <laughs> number number four, the Lions jogging in place in the coach's front yards the week leading up to state. Um, is that is that it? All of them? <laughs> That's all of them. Okay. <laughs> Dude, the tone of your voice, I thought there's one more. Go ahead. I knew that everybody would have to get votes. Go ahead. My, my write-in vote goes uh, to um, my favorite – one of my favorite scenes ever is when um, Street and Saracen and Riggins and Smash are all on the football field and they spend the night on the football field and Street teaches Saracen how to throw that 18-yard deep out. Did you all remember that at all? Is that in season two or three? It's in the first one. It's in the first season. I thought you were going to talk so about right the one last season when it's like, it's, you killed Cobra's beer. No, no, no. It's reminiscent of that. That thing was the reason I like that scene so much because it's reminiscent of this. This is uh, when Street starts coaching Saracen, like football coaching. Yeah, football. Of course, football coaching. But uh, he got like quarterback coaches him. Uh-huh. You know, he starts teaching him how to. They all, um, they all, uh, spend a night on the football field. Like, um, I think it's the week of the Mud Bowl or something, but it's, uh, it's like the 16th or 17th episode. For some reason, I just love that scene. Um, just because uh, it reminds me of uh, hanging out in high school and spending the night outside. <laughs> from the uh, from the nominees that Lyle put out there, I would have to nail it down to Riggins leaving his his cleats on the field after the state title game, season three. Yeah, I, I like, that or a coach walking in on Saracen and Julie and then her screaming. The only thing he does is walk back out to the car and, and sit there and he can just, he's just like, you know, is shaking in his explorer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I can, I'm, yeah. Go, I'm going with Riggins cleats. Okay. The buddy can go to Riggins cleats. I don't have any problem with that either. Although I really liked when coach played football with the kids outside of Smash's house also. Uh, Carol Park. Oh, yeah. I remember okay. what you're talking about. Um, best scene involving Buddy Garrity. <laughs> No, the nominees are, uh, number one, the time when all of the African-American Lions boosters went nuts when Buddy walked into the Taylor's house. Yes. <laughs> number, number two, selling Coach Taylor on the Lions job when they were at the field the second to last episode. And he goes through about how on he the Panther three job? state championships. Yes. You said oh, Lions. sorry, I said Lions. I meant Panthers. Okay. Number three, convincing the parole board to release Riggins. Number four. It's Welsh. <laughs> Number five, ranting sad. about how he put up the mailbox to illegally have kids on the Panthers. That's my mailbox. Uh, so I can take it down. Yes. And number six, you can't fake boosterism. <laughs> Those are some good ones. Um, uh, that's really funny. Um, I, I I'm gonna go with his rant to Joe McCoy because he pointed to his face. Because oh, that was a good one too. That's when he talked about the he talked he talked about. Well, did he talk about the mailbox? That was when he talked about the mailbox too. But sure. He pointed to Joe because if you remember specifically, we're like Buddy cannot become a Lions fan. He just he can't turn allegiances 
But that scene made it believable to me. This made Joe McCoy so much that he liked the power of being a booster more than he, um, more than he actually loved the Panthers. I think you just sold me. I think you just sold me because, yeah, we were all like, oh, we're out if he just becomes a Lions fan. And as soon as he became a Lions fan, I was like, no, nah, great, I'll buy it. Yeah, I can, I can deal with that. Yeah, I think they're all t- so close. I, my first lean was going to be towards his uh, his speech at the parole board, um, just because he stood up and everybody rolls their eyes like, "Oh, what the crap is he about to say?" And then it comes out, even though it wasn't eloquent, it was heartfelt and direct. And he used to hate Tim Riggins and did not want Riggins at all to be dating his daughter. And then he even brought that up, and he was saying, "You know, he's it's time for Riggins to come home. He's got a job, you know." He's he's nineteen. He can work in my bar, selling beer, drinking beer. Um, it still makes kind of odd sense that they're let this nineteen year old go out on parole to work at a bar. But uh, anyhow, I was leaning towards that one. But I think that y'all have some good points about where he was with his his whole booster allegiances, and and he was so fed up with the McCoys. I'll throw All my right. hat in that ring too. Buddy, get the buddy for that. Then. All right, uh, best villain, and the nominees for best <laughs> villain are Joe McCoy. J.D. McCoy, Tyra's Rapist, Voodoo Tatum, Voodoo Tatum, Ornette Howard, and Calvin Brown. <laughs> you have to go with Joe McCoy. I don't think there's been anybody on the, the entire five seasons that you disliked more. I agree. Than I don't Joe even McCoy. have to talk about it. And sometimes it was, it was nothing but his yeah. little condescending, arrogant grin that he would give. Tyra's Rapist had yeah. more redeeming qualities than Joe McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I think he had good fame. Tyra's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh my. <laughs> I might should edit that out. <laughs> uh, wait, his, uh, his, uh, wait. So this is my question about this: is her, is her rapist? Is he is he still alive? Uh uh-uh. uh Wait, I don't know. <laughs> two because he two of those six died. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you guys are funny. <laughs> okay. Well, let's give that one to Joe McCoy and we'll move on. All right. <laughs> Best nickname. The nominees are oh. Smash, Six, Seven, Fours, and J.D. McDick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the funniest comment was when you said that sounds like the worst – the worst uh, item on the McDonald's menu that I would never buy. I have to go with your uh, your last one. Okay. That or uh, yeah. <laughs> Four. I always um, I always did like that that Riggins called everybody by their number though. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot about Lance, by the way. Oh yeah, Lance. Technically doesn't count as it technically doesn't count as a nickname, but oh. Yeah, I'll go with JD McDick as well. Okay, storyline that inexplicably went nowhere. Number one, Coach Stan is gay. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, epic. Number three, Santiago. And those are the only categories I have because I hated all three of those. I didn't Um, want to delve into any more, like Waverly and all that crap. Right. Uh, Uh, Waverly kind of went somewhere. She's bipolar. She went... She, uh, she and uh, Smash just couldn't work it out. And the thing is, I'll forgive Santiago because that was the old rider strike, and maybe they would have done something with him. 
So, for me, it's just Epic or Coach Sam being gay. And I'm going to have to go with Epic just because they knew it was the last season and they wasted time on her, and then we never saw what happened to her anyway. I'll, I'll go with Epic and Mara. I'll combine Epic and Mara together. Um, th- yeah. That'll be a dual Oh, category. yeah, that's another one that they introduced for no reason. Although Coach Stan being gay, it's the one just that he was there, but you saw him there at the same time that uh, that what's her name was there. De- Devin and Julie were there, which is quite odd. Uh, it seemed like they were going to take that somewhere, and it's, it just exploded. And he was somebody that was there for another season and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess Epic and Mara. That's uh, that's probably the most reminiscent. I think there are a lot of like little things that went nowhere, but that that would have to be glaring. I would, and I would have to agree, just because they knew that it was the last season. Okay. All right. Next. Next. Next category: Worst Parent. Is it Tim and Billy's dad, Becky's mom, Tyra's mom, or Vince's dad? Um, I would not put Tyra's mom in there. She was no, okay. she was there. She loved her kids. She tried. She may not have done well with execution of her of her actions, but she actually cared about her daughters and her and her grandson. Isn't, isn't Becky's dad worse than Becky's mom? Yes. Yes, and there could have been a case made for Saracen's dad also, by the way. But I feel bad for him because you're not supposed to talk about military people. He'll serve this country. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're not supposed to talk about military people. He even said that um, in that episode when he died. Uh, Tim and Billy's dad, because he was only around for two episodes and got drunk and stole a camera. (laughs) And lied about stealing the camera. (laughs) Yeah, I'm leaning toward him also, just because we saw, for five years, we followed Tim, and his dad only appeared once. I think that was why he and Becky were so close. They both had sucky dads. Yeah, okay, well, I'll go with Tim and Billy's dad also. He never came to see his grandkid after he was born, or see his son in prison or anything. And where did he go back? I, I forgot where he left to go back to. Uh, I don't know. Remember? Yeah, but to where was it? Like, where had he been when he came back? And then I guess he came back because his son was going to be a big football star, which is a you know Ornette parallel, maybe. But uh, yeah. Anyway, at the same time, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with Mr. Riggins, who was also on okay. Lost, wasn't he? Okay. Yeah, he was. All right. Most egregious display of man whoring by Tim Riggins. Wow. Number one. <laughs> Number one. Hooking up with Lila while her boyfriend was paralyzed in the hospital. <laughs> Number two, hooking up with Becky's mom and later kissing Becky. Number three, hooking up with the single mom next door. And number four, hooking up with twins and then bragging about it to torment Lila. Hey, um, you also you also forget that the single mom that he hooked up with next door is also like involved with Billy. The next season, yeah. Or did he? Oh yeah. Um, still, to me, it's number one in a landslide. Hooking up with Lila, father boyfriend with paralyzed muscle, is the lowest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Not to mention he's like that would that would literally be like one of us because they were supposed to be best friends. <laughs> I know. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. When you when you go back and examine all this, you're kind of like, oh, Tim Riggins is kind of a sleazeball. 
Even though we all like him. He's so lovable. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Uh, how old was How old was the lady next door? I don't know. I mean, she, she had, had a son. It was like seven years old. She had SJ. That's her son. Yeah, yeah. she did. So oh, you, you figure she's like like mid thirties, late I mean mid thirties, late mid twenties, late twenties. Was that the first season or the second season? He was either sixteen or seventeen first. when that happened. <laughs> so I was about to say, so he was quite young. <laughs> and then Russ, we talked about this last week, but when Cheryl came back from her uh her singing on her tour boat or wherever she had been, she like she had lowered in age about six years. <laughs> Becky's yeah. mom. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't get a, maybe that's, I mean, hey, that really seems counterintuitive because uh, I think singing, traveling show or whatever she, or working, whatever she did, ended up doing. It'd be stressful. I thought she was on like a cruise ship. Yeah. That doesn't seem like you get a lot of sleep doing that. Maybe she spent a lot of time at the spa. Maybe. Okay, well, we're winding down here. Uh, all right, next category is best beatdown. Number one, Coach on Tammy's ex-boyfriend. Number two, Riggins on Becky's dad. Number three, Ornette Howard on the drug dealer. Number four, Tyra Collette on every girl in the Powder Puff football game. <laughs> and number five, Buddy Garrity in the landing strip. Yeah. Oh, an honorable mention is for Coach almost beating down the opposing coach. Who put his hands on Riggins? See, I was going to go with uh, Joe McCoy and J.D. McCoy in Applebee's parking lot. Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah, that's wow. right in for sure. Because uh, he told me that they caused what a thousand dollars worth of damage to that Escalade in real to life. Me, yeah. The vote just for violence of not for funniness or whatever, but just for pure violence. I'm going with Ornette Howard on the drug dealer. That was intense. He was like kicking. He was like pulled a gun on him, and he beat him down. And he said, "You're crumbs to me, son." That's a new yeah. one. Hey, speak. But going back to that last uh, that last comment about Riggins getting with with Lila and everything, I know that all the football players came and beat up his truck. But did they ever actually try to beat up Riggins? I know that you know that uh, Street punched him in the face that one time. But did the players ever do any actual violence on him, or was it just against his truck? I don't remember. But I knew those were good linemen when they did that. <laughs> Protect their quarterback. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I even, what, what category are we on? Beat Best down. beat down. Yeah, Best I'd go with Dornette. From a violent standpoint, I would go with um, – with Ornette, as far as my favorite uh, beatdown scene, it has to be when uh, Coach pulled the other coach off of Riggins. Yeah, yeah, he never actually traded licks with him, though. So that was just an honorable mention for me, but I like that, too. Yeah. Put him up against the wall, though. Yeah. Okay. So we'll give it to uh, Ornette Howard for his yeah. beatdown of the drug. All right. Uh, the, the buddy for best Dylan hangout. The nominees are The Landing Strip, The Alamo Freeze, Ray's Barbecue, Applebee's, Buddy's Bar, and Coach's Ping Pong Garage. First season, Honorable first few seasons. Do what? I was going to say, the first few seasons, you got to go with Applebee's, because that was just the epitome 
of a good hangout spot after the game. But then it, uh, it transferred to Buddies this last season. Yeah, I'm always there was some good hangouts. I would hang out personally. I would like to hang out at Ray's Barbecue and Buddies Bar. Quite, and I would probably yeah. go to Alamo Freeze a lot too. Alamo well, Freeze seems like a place that has really good burgers. Don't, don't sleep on the landing strip. The landing strip has been hanging out all five seasons, and I think that's the only place that, that warranted that. Yeah. Can we uh, give honorable mention to Tim's trailer and uh, the Explorer? <laughs> the Airstream. Yeah, but nobody really hung out in Tim's trailer except for whatever girl he brought home that night. Maybe Tim's piece of um, land. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Tim's land. His $85,000 piece of land of 30 acres. That was a good little place Remember, to pull out your uh, lawn chairs. Yeah. Maybe I should have just made the category best piece of Dylan geography, and it could have been like the stadium, uh, <laughs> and Tim's land, and all that stuff. Coach's Ray's front door. barbecue sounds like sounds like the best place. Except for I'm not I'm I mean I'm guessing they would have uh, Texas barbecue because it's set in Texas and beef barbecue is not as good as pork. But I still would think Ray's probably is good. Well, I think I'm going with Blake going to Applebee's just because it was hilarious that that's the only place anybody ever went to eat for two years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I bet that uh, I bet that the Ray's barbecue in Dillon is much better than the one in Dallas. The, the problem with me is that I compiled this list, so I like every one of these things. Right. In every category. Okay, next category. Best weapon in Coach Taylor's playbook. And the nominees are the screen pass to Riggins, the screen pass to Luke, the toss sweep to Smash, and the Hail Mary. You got to go Hail Mary. <laughs> it's a Hail Mary on landslide. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, or the 65-yard uh, field goal. Yeah, I didn't even include that. But it's got to be the Hail Mary. They won yeah. a million games on Hail Marys, although I love the screen pass to Riggins, too. They they ran that a lot. All right. <laughs> the buddy goes to the Hail Mary, either thrown by Vince or Saracen. Or I'm sure J.D. I'm sure JD McCoy probably threw some, too. All right, next category, best animal. And the nominees are Marigold the pig, Skeeter the dog, Kit Kat the bull, and Gracie Bell before she got kind of cute. Uh, when, <laughs> when did that happen? She was kind of cute by the end. Yeah, they. Um, you realize that season five, they she wore exclusively pigtails the whole time because it made her look a little cuter. It did. It made her a lot cuter. I have to go with Skeeter. Uh, when you announced the category, I knew it was Skeeter. Yeah, I was. Going, I was going to say Skeeter. I, I like Kit Kat the Bull, but it didn't have enough screen time. And where did he get? Well, I guess they both. They both it disappeared was like a season five. Flying across. <laughs> this the name Kit Kat I like, but Skeeter. I really wish that uh, that would have been like the first thing. I wish that Tim would have asked, you know, how Skeeter doing when he was in prison or something. I was mm-hmm. hoping Skeeter was back in his life. Um, so I'm going with Skeeter. It seemed like uh, <laughs> it seemed like a part of Riggins to me. Although I liked all the animals, I liked Marigold the pig and Kit Kat the bull also. All right, <laughs> so the buddy goes to Skeeter the dog. Uh, all right, the buddy for character that always left you wanting more. What I'm talking about, they were just on screen just enough that you always, like, I got a little sick of Julie sometimes and Tim and Saracen, even though I liked, you know, every character pretty much on the show. Every once in a while I'll be like, all right, I'm enough. I've had enough with this. But this is the character. This is for characters 
that they always wanted you, you always wanted a little more from. Like they, they, they just left you one more. All right. And the, and the nominees are Landry, Devin, the bassist, Buddy, <laughs> and Herc. <laughs> I was wondering when Herc was gonna because uh, I know how much you love him. I love all I love all four of those. Never was I like, oh no, Devin again or anything like that. They were always great. I always liked Landry. I don't think we ever got too much of him any means, but I thought that we had more of him than any of the others. If there's so, I thought he was. Still, I would consider him one of the main players. So if one of the other people I wish we had more of, I'd have to go with Devin. Okay, well, if you are including the murder of the rapist in your history of the show, which I don't, Right. then I'd have to agree with you. <laughs> but I guess we have to view it like that. Yeah. Uh, did you, did, is Buddy part of that list? I never got tired of Buddy. Yes, Buddy, Buddy was one of the nominees. Yeah. Well, I'm going with Buddy because I never got tired of him, ever. And he was a man who was a power player, but he was I never got tired of him once. I, I mean, I might have to go with Buddy, too, because I do remember sometimes we're like, we need more Buddy in this episode. Yeah. yeah. So they never overdid it with Buddy. Mm-mm. All right, I'm going with Buddy also. Um, That's all I've got. Well, I, I left out some stuff like, uh, you know, best episode and all that kind of stuff, because I, I do think that the sun would win in a landslide, and I think there's certain moments that we all, probably knowing you two guys, that we would all agree on. I think we may put together a couple more categories and actually send them out on the. Uh... I do have a, a couple of special. I have a special recognition award just for the phrase "Tyra gives good government." <laughs> I, I didn't know where to put that in there, but uh, for some reason that made me laugh. Uh, and I uh, actually, I actually yeah, thought I of a few while we were sitting doing this. So. Okay, and then, so just some quotes. I thought I'd do best quote, but there were so many. That I, I I couldn't really narrow it down. I mean, there's a ton of buddy quotes. I try to put them in there with the, it's Welsh and uh, you can't make boosterisms and and all that. And even Coach has some great quotes and everything too. Billy has some great quotes, all that kind of stuff. Special recognition award for the Haka dance, right? By the team, all that kind of stuff. Oh, nice. well, what do you, what do you got, Russ? Uh, okay. Um, I, I, I didn't even write these down, so I just thought of them. So, uh, weirdest road trip. Um, first is uh, Tyra following Cash around on, on the rodeo circuit. <laughs> I, I um, like your category already. I'm telling you. Uh, second is New York City uh, with Tim and Street. Uh, third is Kingdom, Texas. And fourth is uh, Mexico Shark Blood with Lila, Lila Street and Tim. For me, it's Mexico. <laughs> yeah, that's just for I mean, the that's... sheer idiocy of going down there to get shark cells and Tim missing practice and nobody saying anything. And didn't Street attempt suicide by jumping off the side of the boat? And yes, before he mentioned him singing, I'm going to walk up after getting drunk in the bar. <laughs> And Buddy not hiring a team of bounty hunters to go bring Lila back from Mexico. <laughs> it was just absurd all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, have, that was a good category. I, I should have thought of that. I'd one. probably have to go with that, even though it's so far back. But I'd have to go with the Mexico trip um, because the absurdities of it, and nobody really blinked at it 
for these, you know, high school seniors. All of, a, I mean, of course, they're in Texas, but at the same time, just taking off. And they went not just to Mexico, but somewhere to the beach in Mexico. So it's still quite a, <laughs> it's still quite a while to drive. Plus, uh, but yeah. I, the Kingdom trip though, it makes no sense for them to travel five hours just to go play one game that you've never even heard of this team before in your previous four four seasons. I will say this because I um I really know that we heard of them the previous we heard of them because that's the team they forfeited to the first time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, I will say this that it's not as absurd as I thought it was because I reread the the book, which you know is based on a true story. And in the book, if you'll remember, they flew the team on a seven thirty seven to play on another to play another team during a high school season. Um, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Arnett Mead, but but really, like the Odessa Permian played and flew on a plane to go somewhere in Texas. Oh, there you go. Uh, I will give a special nod to the New York trip they took though, because it just looks so ridiculous to see Riggins walking around in slow motion at like Times Square or wherever they're going. <laughs> Something that just looks completely stupid to me. Okay. All right. This is going to sound like a sexist category, but I was thinking about this while we were doing it. Um, craziest moment by a woman in, in the, throughout the series history. And the nominees are uh, Julie crashing her car into the mailbox. <laughs> um, two, Julie dating Swede. Three, Lila Garrity crashing her car through Buddy Garrity's dealership. Oh, I forgot that. And uh, four, uh, Tyra's mom going off on Buddy and revealing the affair in the church parking lot. Wow. Wow, just, that's a pretty strong category. I'm going with Julie just because it's fresher in my mind, and that was so ridiculous. I was going with Julie until you brought up uh, Miss Colette in the church uh, on the front lawn of the church, talking about the affair. I have to go with that just because of location yeah. and the audience. That's pretty crazy too. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with. Uh, also, another one I forgot is Becky's mom going off on ten for no reason whatsoever. Um, but uh, I, I will say that Tyra's mom, Miss Colette, going off on Buddy is the craziest moment. We, we want to do uh, just the best character overall. So the big thing, thing like that, I just kind of try to stay away from. Yeah, I think I think we may kind of do vague. one more. We may do, may do one more. We'll put together some a little more official things, and we'll be able to uh, put out a couple of feelers on on the web page or on uh, on Twitter, maybe, and say, hey, if anybody has any nominations or uh, or things like that too, because I think there can be some best characters and some more, you know, most dramatic scene, most intense, funniest thing like that too that we can get some more input on. Yeah, because there are lots of really uh, – a lot of these were, like, pretty funny, but it's possible that we could do one that – especially we could get people's um, – we could get people's uh, ideas from uh-huh. from the throughout the series about, like, serious stuff. Um, because there's lots okay. of obviously dramatic moments. Well, I think it was good. Do you remember the woman's name who sent us an email clarifying all sorts of things about logistics and – the yeah. classifications for state football and everything is uh Ann or Lori about the six A bracket. Well, like, there's no six A bracket for schools and everything. 
Yeah, her shout out to that person. Her name is Lori O'Neill. Yeah, she said that uh, her daughter actually goes to Texas State University where a lot of the scenes were filmed. It's in San Marcos. It's San Marcos? Yes, the Austin area. And I, mean, then, I guess we could have just used Google, but... And then Julie goes to school... That would be even easier than that. Uh, Southwestern in Georgetown, which is in the Austin area as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll read. I have a handful of emails and actually a couple of voicemails, too, that we can we can read and play on the, on the next show. Um, that provides some insight and clarity on a few things and some ideas that I think that the three of us didn't even think of that uh, that kind of hit on uh, some things as the whole place was wrapping up. So, well, yeah. cool. Well, I appreciate everybody that does listen. As Lyle said, the dozens and dozens of us, uh, if there are that many. <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate your comments and your feedback. And so you can go to the website, fnlpodcast.com, that has all of our information of how to get in touch with us there. And um, I think we do have maybe one, possibly two more in us as we put together a few uh, parting shots as the season is um, is over and the whole series is over, but it still is going to live on in NBC. So there may be a couple more things that come out that we can, uh, we can talk about as well. So appreciate it guys. Hope you all have a great weekend. All right. Bye. Bye.